All right, Pittsburgh, this is the Death Star here, and you are listening to MMA FanCast. Tune in. Welcome to MMA FanCast. I'm Luke, and I'm joined today by Nick Nyquil Brown, who is the reigning um, LFA lightweight champ. Welcome, champ. Thank you. Good to be here. Thanks for having me. It is great to have you here. Um, you won this uh, belt by a great 25-minute decision win about two weeks ago so congratulations on that before we get into the specifics talk a little bit about where you are i see that you're in your gym and you've got your belt right next to you so talk a little bit about what the belt means and what your gym means to you as well uh definitely you know the belt was a definitely a goal of mine you know i'm glad i got to go in there and crush it you know it means that you know i'm on the right track you know i'm doing doing what's right you know all that progress coming up was you know for this belt you know, it's it's the uh, time in that really prepared me. So, you know, it, it's paying off, it looks like. And, you know, and the gym's been great. You know, COVID's been, you know, a different twist with everything. So, you know, getting people back in the gym motivated and, you know, showing our gyms, you know, got the right right talent right here, you know, shows it speaks volumes for itself. Absolutely. And speaking of that, your gym name, in case, in case people want to look it up, is All-American MMA Academy. When did you... Uh, either start it, take over it, kind of what's the history of All-American MMA Academy with you as the main guy? Um, we actually had another gym we were a part of, and, and it collapsed, so we got all the members together, started our own gym. You know, I became the uh, owner of it about a year and a half, almost yeah, about a year and a half last summer we started it. So, you know, all the members came back, you know, pride and true, you know, community stuck together, and, you know, it's been a great thing. Well, it's wonderful to hear that you have strong support from the community of Connellsville um, and a shout out to all the gyms, particularly yours, because a lot of what you've owned or what you've run in this gym has been during COVID. So I'm sure that was extra trying. Um, what was it like for you both running a gym during COVID, but also training uh, for a serious belt on UFC Fight Pass? The fight was on UFC Fight Pass. It's a big deal to fight for any belt, particularly LFA's belt. So what was it also like for you getting training in during, I guess, the end of the restrictions of the pandemic? Because, yeah. Yeah, it's definitely been uh, trying, you know, just to, you know, this is my goal was to run a gym, you know, get, you know, as far as I could in a fight career, UFC, you know, be one of the best. And then, you know, you know, just run a gym and, you know, live the life. But, you know, with COVID, it kind of like, you know, kind of gave me a test. Do I really want to do this? Do I really want to push through? And, you know, it, it is something I really want to do. Um, training was a little difficult. Um, you know, there was a couple of times, you know, Pennsylvania was locked down, gyms were closed, you know, so we were training at our, you know, friends, garages, sneaking in the gym, trying to get training in, but, you know, we did what we had to. And, you know, I was blessed to say, you know, we come out on top and, you know, it, it, uh, it came through for us. Yeah, absolutely. I, I've had a lot of fighters on and they've talked about some of the uh, the quarantine COVID practices, whether it was sneaking into gyms or basements when the weather was still good in the summertime, backyards, parks, you know, yeah. being able to be outside, which you really can't be now. But uh, given what fighters always say, that one thing you can control in a fight is your cardio conditioning, your ability to keep going. You obviously went 25 minutes, which is a huge deal outside of the UFC to be fighting a 25 minute belt is a big deal. I know plenty of promotions that don't do 25 minute belts. They do 15 minute belts. What was it like 
that LFA has it at a 25-minute belt. Do you think that's something that's good uh, for your experience level to have done that? Um, definitely, you know, I want to, you know, I want to be one of the best in the world and this is to prove it that, you know, I can be ready, you know, for 25 minutes, 15 minutes, you know, my last showing with Egley wasn't, you know, impressive, but, you know, I went back to the drawing board, got a different, you know, uh, nutritionist and, uh, we worked well, you know, Isaac Greenlee hooked me up mm. with, uh, his, his girl out in California and, um, uh, you know, it, I went by the, you know, I was kind of hurting my own self. So I wanted to go to a specialist and got everything dialed down, uh, stepped it up from, you know, uh, training after work and then midnight sometimes to, you know, coming in before work and, then, you know, getting, getting really good work into two days and, you know, just hammering out and making sure my cardio was good. Absolutely. Well, it's impressive to be able to win any professional um, MMA belt, particularly a 25 minute fought decision. I think decisions sometimes get overlooked and I, I would I would say one of the well he's one of the at least best trash talkers um, I believe it was Chael Sonnen was was saying so who knows you know because but he was saying about decisions of course his style was a decision heavy style but he was saying you know and he's right in a way decisions show more long-term control in a fight as great as knockouts are, we've seen some spectacular knockouts that a person wins a fight because of a 30-second things going well, whereas a 25-minute fight, um, and you have plenty of submissions, not to say that you're a decision guy, you have five submissions, two knockouts, I'm not trying to, but what's it like to be competitive winning a fight? Because in 25 minutes, you have to win throughout that entire 25 minutes in order to get your hand raised as a decision. What's your mindset when that fight continued to progress as it's going on, you know, during it is unfolding? Um, definitely. We, we train to go 25 minutes. We're always hoping it doesn't go 25 minutes, but you know, we're always going to be ready for whatever, you know, like you said, getting a knockout in 30 seconds, a minute submission in a minute, you got to be great for that one minute for 25 rounds. You got to be pretty, pretty great for, you know, 25 minutes consistently. So, you know, we just definitely kept it, you know, uh, simple game plan, simple, you know, take it where he, you know, he opened up opportunities, but, you know, it's, it's definitely trying and, you know, it, it sees everyone's eyes that, you know, he's got conditioning for days. It might be harder to, you know, get fights after this point, but, you know, we're, we're here to fight the best. And, you know, I believe the, the uh, 25 minutes proved that I am one of the best. Well, you absolutely are one of the best. You are ranked by Tapology all over the place. Great rankings. Don't know if you've looked at them recently, but the, the number 10 uh, pro lightweight in all of the United States, number one in Pennsylvania, the second in U.S. Uh, Northeast. So obviously Tapology sees you as one of the best uh, 155 pounders outside of one of the main organizations. Recently, MMA Junkie, what a great promotion or organization that is as far as news uh, goes. They rated you as one of the top uh, prospects not in UFC or Belter. What was that like going into a title fight for LFA and also getting the extra attention of uh, what MMA Junkie was putting out there? Because they also said your, your opponent, I believe, was also on that list. So it could have gone either way and you got the big win. So what was it like having that extra look at you? You're on UFC fight pass, the extra attention. Um, it definitely, you know, I could feel the pressure and, but that, you know, that pressure makes diamonds at, you know, at some point, you know, so, you know, with that pressure pushing me to come two days a week, 
making sure my uh, training's top notch, training with the top guys, you know, it put that extra pressure on me, but you know, it just pushed me to be a lot better and, you know, prove myself that I was one of the best. So that pressure definitely, you know, hit this camp, you know, great to push me beyond my limits. Absolutely. And as an 11 and one pro, um, it's important to point out that you, your skill set, your uh, record is incredible. I mean, uh, to be, to be not in one of the top promotions, UFC, Bellator, um, WSOF, one uh, FC, whatever it is, um, is, is pretty, it, it, it's pretty surprising, I guess. Do you feel surprised when you watch the UFC contender series, not to try to trash UFC contender series, but this summer they did it during COVID. And it sounds like your record would have been great to put on there in uh, the contender series. Yeah, we had a, we had a um, injury that uh, postponed us from getting okay. on a contender series at one point. So we kind of, you know, you know, dropped something on our foot, you know, so, you know, it kind of snagged us back a little bit further yeah. than what we wanted, but, you know, just staying ready, winning, you know, they can't deny me forever. So, you know, just going to keep running through people until I end up at the top. No, absolutely. What a great mindset to have. Um, you are you are running the gym in Connellsville. Uh, yeah, Connellsville, Pennsylvania. Um, what what made you – I think you were born in Uniontown. What made you settle into Connellsville? I actually have a friend that grew up in Connellsville, not that he's MMA-related, just – I happen to know of Connellsville, but um, as far as it being as a known hotbed of MMA, it doesn't necessarily pop out at people. So why is why is Connellsville a great place for you and your gym? Um, right now, it was kind of, you know, just the, open, the size of the gym was hard to find, you know, within, mm -hmm. you know, even a 40 or 20, 40, 30 mile radius. You know, this this place kind of, you know, was, you know, just a nice central location from mm -hmm. West Virginia, where we go and train to Pittsburgh, where we train a lot. So. You know, it's it's kind of in a nice meeting middle point. So um, we just we settled here, and you know, until we got to move again, we can move again. But you know, this this place is playing out fine. We got you know six thousand square feet, so you know we're open to you know any gym that wants to stop by. But you know, it's 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 a great location for what we need to be right now. Well, that's incredible to kind of see that you don't have to be a, a mega camp or a big city. Um, it's wonderful to hear you say that you cross train over at. Pittsburgh, I'm just going to guess that you train with Kama Worthy as he's also a 155-pounder currently fighting the UFC. What's it like training uh, with somebody who you may eventually, I, I guess, could fight in the UFC down the road? Uh, you know, it's definitely, you know, great. He's got, you know, striking games, you know, a little bit more advanced than me. He could teach me and I could teach him more ground games. So it, it definitely benefits both of us training together. And, you know, when you're in the gym with two elite guys, you push each other and then you get people coming in from all over the place that want to, you know, learn from you, that want to push you to make sure you're one of the best and want to see where they're ranked at. So you're always getting the best work no matter uh who you go with up there. But, you know, as far as, you know, competing against each other, we have, you know, no, if it's, you know, later on in the UFC, I mean, right out the gate is going to be a little rough, you know, if we pair it up, but, you know, later on, you know, uh, in the UFC, once we're there, you know, it's business at that point, you know, we'll fight if we fight each other, you know, just hug each other and remain good friends and train still after, you know, whatever happens. But, you know, I know he's, you know, he's a great friend right now. And, great allies with the gym right now. So, you know, it's great having that definitely around to see where, you know, we need to be for sure.
Absolutely. And it's important, uh, I think, when people see this, that they see that a lot of gyms do get along. I know he runs the MMA Academy. You run the MMA all-American MMA Academy. I guess they're similar titles. I just realized that. But um, but still, it's great to see you guys working well together. You mentioned getting your nutrition uh, kind of a little bit more dialed in and figured out. Being six feet and fighting at 155, is this something you now feel that you're kind of better uh, you're better balanced at that weight class going, you know, going forward. Um, definitely am. You know, I don't have to cut, you know, in a tremendous amount of weight, 145, but, you know, it was always kind of like a thought, you know, if I get on there, it'd be way bigger, but you know, the cuts already hard enough to 155 and unless I may, you know, lose a limb or something, I might make 45, but you know, 55 is a goal right now until we get, you know, outclassed and dominated, but you know, 11 and one at 155, you know, I don't see a problem with me taking, you know, a shot at the top 10 in UFC once I'm there. So we're going to keep it this way for now. Absolutely. And given the fact that the, the UFC's premier, I would say, at least in depth, number of uh, main events, 155 has been the place to be in the UFC. Um, some of that's related to Connor. Um, obviously, now that he's kind of more settled into 155 after bouncing around to 45, 55, and 70, but also Habib um, and many others. I mean, Dustin the Diamond, Poriam, there's just so many that go into it. So when you look at the UFC, why not? You've got a belt behind you and you're 11-1, and one, highly ranked fighter. When you look at the UFC um, in the lightweight division, who are some guys that you think you could be comfortable? Now, I'm not matchmaking, of course, but you could be comfortable like literally fighting in, in you know, in, as a UFC debut opportunity for you? You know, there's a, there isn't a whole lot, you know, I've kind of paid attention to, but, you know, I know there's some few guys from the contender series that, you know, I'd love to, you know, uh, come on and just, you know, prove that, you know, I'm, I deserve to be there as much as they do. But as far as any names, you know, I'm just willing to, you know, fight anybody and everybody. So, you okay. know, they have a name top, you know, 25 in the UFC, you know, it's, it's going to be a great fight no matter, no matter what happens. Absolutely. Well, that's a, that's a very mature response. I know it can be easy outside the UFC to look at the top five because they're the ones in the top 10, they're the ones that get a lot of the recognition. But, but when you look back at a career, even if it's Dustin, the Diamond Poirier or Habib or Connor, Connor came in with a lot more attention, but still uh, when you're new to the UFC, just getting a fight is a big deal. Getting a win, getting a fight, the rankings eventually take care of themselves. I think sometimes we've seen the rankings not always make sense. So good answer on that. Now, when you think um, as a spectator and a fighter, who would you say right now are the are the most impressive at 155? I'm saying impressive because I'm not saying best. I'm saying the, the fighters that you think right now in the UFC are kind of your own personal favorites or your own personal most impressive? You know, I mean, definitely Dustin's up there, you know, his strikings, you know, he just, he can stick through it no matter if it's a fault, bad start like he had with Connor, and he just, you know, came through, you know, find the, he, he can he can find the, you know, openings in his opponents, you know, him and Oliveria just, you know, or should be fighting next, but, you know, they're definitely the top two guys that, you know, seem to come, but, you know, anybody in that top 10, you know, it's, it's, it's a, it's such a close, you know, weight that, you know, it's just, if, if they get a fight is the only reason they're going to determine who's better or not, yeah. but, you know, it's, it's a, it's a wide open weight at this point. It really is. And you mentioned Charles Oliveira and obviously uh, Tony Ferguson, you know, lost that fight very decisively. I mean, he got, 
really uh, dominated given who he is. But I still think somebody like Tony Ferguson is really showing to consider him no longer the top five, which he no longer is, but that just shows how deep 155 is. You know, you still got Justin Gage out there. There's so many, there's so much talent with, I mean, Tony, Tony Ferguson's uh, legacy and legend is incredible just the way it is now. If he, if he continues to slide, it'll be kind of sad to see it in some ways, but um, it, it's impressive how much is going on at one at 155, which is just, uh, fantastic. Uh, just because we've come out of a year, and you know, what what has been your favorite fight to watch in the UFC this uh, in the last year? Um, trying to think back, but you know, definitely, you know, everyone who get to test Khabib, you know, just yeah. to, to kind of open up, you know, Khabib's game, you know, getting him, him uh, pushed to the limits. Uh, I think I can't remember if it was Michael Johnson that took him three rounds or not, or who it was, but just to watch him develop and just, you know, diversity after diversity, you know, come through and, you know, him and Connor and just, you know, just to watch him just be so dominant was kind of, you know, a feat every time. But, you know, I'd love to, you know, one day be that that kind of elite, you know, fighter. But, you know, there's just some people that are just born with it. And he was definitely one of them. Yeah, absolutely. I, I believe um, Ally Aquina, you know, last minute replacement several years ago, did all 25 minutes with him, which was very impressive and actually looked good in some parts. Now, some people think, well, maybe Habib uh, was more or less not fully on because, you know, he traded up opponents and all that. Um, I personally think you already mentioned Poirier, and I could talk way too long about him, but in a good way. I actually think he was one of the closest. You know, he grabbed that guillotine in their fight, um, and had he closed his guard, I still don't know. He even said he doesn't know why he didn't close guard. When he pulled guard, he did kind of like a – high and, a, and an underneath and it was kind of a weird thing and Habib did you know did a roll out um but it's one of those things where I, I would think that that's maybe the closest Habib got to getting finished I'm not trying to disrespect him but I think that would have been an incredible um upset had he just uh been more technical now I, I'm certainly not saying Dustin isn't technical he's an incredible fighter but he himself said afterwards every time they trained up against the cage, if he shoots in, if you pull guard with a guillotine to do two legs up and over the hips, you know, to suck down the hips. And then in the fight, he did. How important is it to you um, to really be technical? I, I know that's an obvious question, but when you see it at the world stage up there in Abu Dhabi, when Dustin was fighting Habib January of last year, and he even said afterwards, that's a technical issue. He always gets right in training. How important is it for you to get it right in training and how difficult is it to transition into a live fight? Um, it definitely can be, you know, a, a really hard transition sometimes, but the more you go over it, the more, you know, you learn, you know, 12, 12 moves and you're doing, you know, 12 moves, you know, a hundred times maybe, but if you can do that one move that you love, you know, a hundred thousand times, you know, that's going to be your go-to and, you know, he might not have, you know, stuck to that, but, you know, that transition is definitely, you know, wearing, you're getting punched in the face rather than, you know, as hard as the other guy can and training, you know, you're going 40, 30%, you're not getting that full torque of a punch or full takedown power that someone's trying to rip your head off in a fight. But that definitely, that transition is definitely, you know, big, you know, to keep that technical, especially, you know, going 25, you know, I tried to stay technical as I could, but I seen myself, you know, while looking back, seeing the openings and I'm like, oh man, you know, that doesn't look great. But, you know, in training, I can, hit them, you know, my hands are up and I can hit those nice transitions. But in a fight, it's definitely the more you fight, the more you get to learn about yourself. 
Absolutely. And it's always important. I think people have said it. You have to learn from what might not go great in a fight um, and then have a short memory and say, okay, what can I do about next time? Because for you to look at your 25 minute fight, which was an incredible performance for LFA, you won the belt. You're looking great to hopefully go to a level with the UFC. You would think that they'd be looking to pull you in. I know 155 is really deep, but obviously it can be challenging as you as a fighter um, to look back and see round four and five. Clearly, you're not as fresh as round one. I mean, that's just the reality um, of the situation. Um, but as a coach, um, what what do you what do you like to see improve the most in the people you train? Whether it's attitude, whether it's technique, whether it's conditioning. What what do you as a coach? What do you like to see improve or change the most in whoever you train? Um, definitely, whenever. Um somebody's about to give up on a position or they're losing in that position and they just kind of like, well, I'm stuck here. It's that, you know, that, that mindset of like, I need to get out. I need to, you know, improve this, even if it's, you know, a small explosion of five seconds to get a little bit better position. But, you know, as soon as that mentality of like, I'm not losing this position, I'm not losing against the cage, I'm not losing stand up. As soon as I can start to realize that, then, you know, do you see the gains, you see the technique go up and, you know, you see them, you know, pulling, stuff out of the hat which you know you didn't think they had but you know as soon as I get that mindset of you know I'm not losing any position or you know I did this wrong and let me fix it immediately it's that that mentality of a push that I'm not going to lose yeah that's a great that's a great mental and physical combines both the mental with the physical I've seen more or less in training but you've seen it in uh, MMA fights where it's a live fight and somebody kind of gets to a bad position let's say um side control and you see the fighter underneath kind of like sigh you know rely like just literally because it's frustration it's hard to fight the hips it's hard to turn back in you know those type things and they know mentally because they've been trained that they're in a bad position or whatever it is um and i think you're right as a coach that it's completely understandable that a fighter yourself any athlete would feel frustrated or even sort of like defeated in those positions and when they can learn or you can learn what can you do? I always think, particularly in jiu-jitsu, it's not about going from a bad position to a good position. It's about going from a bad position to a slightly less bad position and slowly because there are some really great sweeps and some really great things that can transition, but most of those transitions do not just happen instantly. It's small positional things, um, which is good. For you, you were an all-American boxer. Um and so that's at the collegiate level. So how did that happen? Where were you going to school? I know some schools have boxing, but I didn't realize it was ranked at the All-American level. So can you talk us through that? I know that's years ago for you, but I was just curious when I saw that. Yeah, I mainly went to uh, Shippensburg University for wrestling. Uh, my coach at the time, Irvin Bramley, was uh, was good friends with the coach up there. And I, I went through there with a high school competition. And, you know, I really enjoyed the, the coaching staff. And we went up there. and. You know, I kind of thought, like, where am I going after, you know, high school? You know, is it going to be a college degree or, you know, but, you know, I really loved wrestling. And, you know, I was like, man, I got a boxing team. You know, I'd like to transition to MMA after high school. So get some boxing down. I had the wrestling. You know, I, I critiqued my boxing, you know, became an All-American, knew I could stand up with, you know, some really good guys. And then after college, I set out for my MMA career and, you know, haven't looked back. But, you know, definitely blessed that that college had wrestling and boxing was yeah you know, definitely a big uh, key to my MMA uh, success right now. Well, it is great to hear that. I mean, I 
Um, I think a lot of programs don't have uh, collegiate level boxing, so that's great. Shout out to Shippensburg, a great, uh, probably not overly well known outside of Pennsylvania, but I think it's a it's a great state school there in Shippensburg. So that's cool that you had that experience going uh, going to them. Uh, when you look going forward, when you're all ready for your next fight, what what are you looking for? For you, I, I, this is your time to whether it's talking about the UFC or whether it's talking about just what you want to see your next opponent. You, you, the opponent you just beat, I can't say his last name, Arthur Estralios or something like that. He was 12 and four. I butchered it, then I, yeah. Um, but, <laughs> but anyhow, he was 12 and four. I mean, you're fighting a guy with 16 pro fights, you know, 12 and four record is great. Um, so it, you're giving yourself really, really good opponents. And so, what are you looking for in your next fight? You know, the uh, winning the title, you know, there's usually a call up to UFC or Bellator. But, um, you know, if I have to defend it again, I'm not going to be mad. You know, I definitely want to keep showcasing what I have, you know, for, uh, you know, the UFC one day. But, you know, I'd, I'd love to get a fight in or, you know, just just staying active was kind of a big thing is why, you know, it's taken so long to get to this point. You know, I couldn't find fights. I couldn't stay healthy. But, you know, I'm on a healthy track. I'm on an active track. So, you know, it's just keeping staying active and hopefully COVID doesn't keep shutting stuff down. But, you know, I'd, I'd like to, you know, definitely push to be one of the best. And, you know, I'm ready to face any challenge and, you know, like the, the pressure, you know, of, you know, the next uh, big prospect, you know, is definitely pushing on my shoulders to push me forward to be better. So I'd love to have like a tough test, you know, if it's defend about or, you know, get that UFC, de- UFC debut going but you know i'm ready for anything and any anyone at this point well i i believe you really are your record stands uh speaks for itself and stands very tough the opponents you face the the fact that people don't know more about you um is a bit of a disappointment i think i think it's great that you were on ufc fight pass and got to be um got to be viewed by people that are ufc fans Uh, lfa has been doing a great job kind of showing the just below UFC, you'd hate to even say below UFC, because I think as LFA has been showing, a lot of their champs have jumped right into the UFC with w- without any problems whatsoever. So it's great to see that. What, what was it like traveling? I know it's a small question, but what was it like traveling from Pennsylvania to Kansas during COVID? Was it was it a bit of a mental hurdle to deal with, uh, you know, traveling during these restrictions, or was it kind of good to get um, experience traveling in kind of weird uh, weird conditions because a lot of what the UFC is doing now is some crazy travel, you know, over to Abu Dhabi and all over the place. So, what was it like to travel during the restrictions and know that that this is kind of where where we are in the world with COVID? Yeah, it's definitely definitely a little weirder than what we traveled before because I had my first fight with uh, LFA, you know, before COVID with uh, Trey Ogden, and uh, we flew out to Kansas before, and you know, it was kind of just you know the normal whereabouts. But with COVID, it's definitely you know slower more safety involved but and there's also more space involved so you get a, you're not cramped on this little tiny airplane sometimes you got a, a room you know you got rows missing you know it's it's a lot more room and kind of kind of more relaxed actually so it's kind of safer everyone's taking their time and just being more cautious so it's not you know not any weirder but it's it is a little bit more relaxing if okay. you could say that yeah well that's that's very wise um 
if, if you could say to anyone who's not currently training at your gym, maybe they have some martial arts background, maybe they don't at all, uh, why should they come? Why should they start MMA? And why should they, more particularly, why should they come to your gym and let's say start in the beginner classes? Um, definitely starting uh, any kind of like martial arts is going to benefit you, your health. You're, you know, you're, you're out in a parking lot and you see some, you know, sketchy fellows around your vehicle. You got that confidence, you know, that confidence mm -hmm. itself. Rather, if it's just, you know, I got a little bit of wrestling, I can take care of myself, I can defend my friends, family, children. You know, it's that confidence that you carry, that chip on your shoulder that's going to, you know, deter other people and it's just going to give you, you know, a leg up on life. But, you know, coming here, we definitely have a, a big facility. So we have a nice, you know, space for, you know, COVID, you know, safety training procedures. So, you know, it's definitely nice in that aspect. But, you know, coming here, you know, locally, you know, we're, you know, Pittsburgh's the next closest place up. So it's a good, it's a good, you know, medium ground. And, and you know, just the, the fighters that come out, you know, they've, you know, we've had great winning records. So, you know, we're doing the right thing, teaching the right stuff. We have great, you know, people to come in and help us. So it's definitely, definitely a good family organization we have here. So, you know, if, if you find yourself looking to box, wrestle or anything, this is definitely just the place to be. So. Well, I think, I think that convinced me if I lived closer and I, I hope somebody will, will watch this and recognize um, that it is a great time. Even with COVID, you know, you're obviously following the safety protocols, but even with COVID, it's a good time to get connected both with the confidence. And I would also throw another C word in there, community. I think there's something really unique. You've You've been wrestling since you were four, so you're kind of probably used to it. But I, but I think in a lot of sports, when it becomes a one-on-one -on -one sport like wrestling, boxing, any of the martial arts, um, there's there's a community that might not exist um, in football. Football is a great community, but there's a lot more, oh, I'm taking your starting spot or you're taking my starting spot. Where in wrestling, while there is some of that, in martial arts, it's really about improving the other person. And I think a lot of people are shocked with how friendly, and at least it should be, how friendly and a family environment MMA really is. Yeah, it definitely is. You know, it just gives you, you know, that that confidence and that that community. You know, we are we are a little family here and you know, we support each other, help. You know, your training partner is your most important person. Without that, you know, you, you're not you're nothing. You know, you're hitting a heavy bag, which is gets you so far and you know, you don't know what you're doing wrong. You got your, you know, your friend becomes lifelong friend of you know trying training with you and you know improving you both improve to push yourself you know josh frem just fought uh for the main event knocked this guy out three knockouts in a row which is amazing but you know we were in his, here daily grinding pushing each other you know making sure we were going to be one you know some of the best and you know it's it's panned out perfectly you know we we pushed each other so far that you know we no matter where we go we're going to be you know leagues above the rest because you know we started out here just just helping and grinding yeah it's a great um connection to josh Fram. he's now uh, living and training out of colorado but i think it's important that you see what your work in the beginning you know what your efforts have done for yourself and also done for somebody else i think a big aspect of mma is seeing success in the people that you've known before they were successful. That's something that is just so priceless as a coach, as a sparring partner, as a trainer. And you had and you had said at the beginning of this, when I talked about your gym, and it's a great setup you gave for, for the interview. It's, it's my favorite setup from all the interviews I've done because it shows your belt and also your pride and joy being your gym. But you mentioned that your real goal is being 
a, a coach and a trainer and a gym owner. And, and why is that for you? Obviously, the UFC stuff, I think, will come. I think you do have a great career ahead of you. You're still young and you've got an incredible record, credible skill set. But why is it for you that running the gym, being a coach is sort of your end goal? Um, definitely, you know, uh, wrestling. I always love to uh, help coach. So whenever I uh, graduated high school, I came back and helped uh, coach wrestling for a little while. And um, it was just giving back was just such a joy. And, it, you know, that that made, you know, pretty much me happy. You know, that that was my well, making other people happy it was, you know, was my driving point to be happy. So, you know, just giving back to this community, giving back to the kids, teaching them, you know, the right values. You know, I, I help run a youth group at my church. So, you know, I'm definitely always looking to give back and just teaching, you know, the, why to be, you know, kind and nice and defend other people. And this is perfectly, you know, perfect condition to learn how to, you know, support one another and just better yourself while helping others. So it's just a, a win for everybody at this point. So definitely love coaching and giving back. Well, that is, that is incredible that you're doing that. I think it's beautiful that you're a youth leader at your church. I did that for several years um, in, in my past. It's a great opportunity to recognize that there are bigger things than fighting. I mean, that's obvious, but there are bigger things. And I think, um, Christian-wise, being a believer in Jesus is far exceeding, you know, that's quoted in a Bible verse, far exceeding and outweighing anything that you can earn or achieve on this earth. You know, St. Paul said to, to fix our eyes uh, not on what is seen because what is seen is temporary. And that is great to have that belt next to you. That's an incredible goal on this earth. There's nothing wrong with going after those things. But as Paul said in, in 2 Corinthians, it's to fix our eyes on what is not seen because the faith pursuit isn't really seen. It can't really be held, but it's yeah. the eternal pursuit of our souls. So I think that's beautiful um, that you are combining your love for coaching and also your love for Christ in your church. I mean, that's just a beautiful thing. I think uh, particularly as a male role model, being a fighter, being a champion, um, to show the humility and to show the value um, of repentance and trust in Christ is is more powerful uh, than if you were just a fighter and just talked about how to be a fighter. So I think that's wonderful. Yeah. Um, well, hey, that was great. I loved how our conversation uh, got to Jesus there. That is just beautiful. Um, what are your What are your wrap up thoughts or something you want to say towards the end of the interview? I've been very uh, thankful for your time coming on the show just a couple weeks after your huge fight, and it's always. Uh, privilege and a pleasure to meet a fellow believer and brother in the Lord. So that's just an, an honor and opportunity. But uh, I, I want to give you the opportunity to end the interview ever, any way you want to. You know, I'd definitely like to thank you for having me on here and all the opportunities I've had, you know, definitely, you know, being, you know, pressured into being, you know, the top prospect, definitely put a, you know, mm -hmm. a target on my back and also, you know, a big, you know, shove on my back to just prove to the world that, you know, I can still be a believer in faith and still push to, you know, what my goals are. And just, you know, the again, the community here and a church have just been, you know, mind blowing the support I've had. So you know, I want to thank everybody for that. Um, definitely, you know, a couple sponsors, uh, uh, Suavecito for uh, believing in me, um, Joel Bike for, a, uh, you know, believing, coming here. They actually train here. The family trains here, you know, great people. TGB supplements of Trevor Banco out there and, you know, local guy and, you know, um, tattoo Jake uh, Gordon and uh, Jake Roslin for hooking me up with, you know, massages and, you know, daily 
you know, therapy sessions, but you know, it's, it's, it's just a great community. The MMA, you know, we can travel anywhere and just be welcome in the state of PA right now. And just, you know, just going everywhere and see all the wrestlers, you know, that that's just the basis of PA. So anytime you come to PA, know you're going to get, you know, some of the best wrestling in the world. So definitely invite anyone to the gym, PA, come out, hang out with us, you know, more than welcome. And just thank, you know, LFA for this opportunity for the belt leaving and pushing, you know, the best at me just to prove that I am one of the best. So I want to thank everybody for that. Well, it's been incredible having you on the show. You've been listening to Nick Nyquil Brown, and I can't wait to see what's next for you in your career. Thanks so much for coming on the show. Thanks for having me.